almost blurs. It's your girl Dove Cat. I'm your girl Dove Cat. Dove Cat almost blurs. So it's your boy JB. JB almost blurs. And this is almost blurs. Hi, welcome, welcome back. Um, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Um, but we're here. We're back. We're back. Um, do I have advice? Not. I do have advice. Okay. This last weekend, I went to the Dominican Republic to celebrate so? my best friend's birthday, and happy birthday to him! But so I have to say, it was a great time. But it made me realize—well, not realize because you already know—but it made me appreciate even more the friendships that I have. Mm. <clears throat> um, Bay was asking me what my favorite time on the trip was, and there was a day we had dinner. And the best friend did a toast to everyone and he talked and addressed every single person differently. And when he got to me, mine was to me a little bit special because I've known him the longest of, well, no, not longest. Um, One of his other friends knew him for like a year before me, but I've I've known him pretty long, but this... The stuff that happened towards the end of last year with him kind of created a different type of bond for us mm-hmm. because it was an experience that no one else had but me. And <clears throat> it was just, it was nice. Uh, there were lots of tears at the table that night um, from everyone. So it's it just made me really appreciate the people that I have around me, um, made me appreciate the people that are no longer around me, and just in have this appreciation in general for life. Excuse me. So if I was going to give anyone some advice today, I say this. If you go on a trip and you cannot bring all of your friends that are coming from different walks of life together and they can't get along, some of them friends ain't supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. Because I I say that because of this. We had... Six people on this trip, all from different areas, someone from um, Baltimore, Atlanta, New Mexico, everywhere. We had the time of our lives like we knew each other all of our lives. And I told him that that's a testament to who he is because Mm -hmm. you are the people you surround yourself with. This is true. And people don't like to admit that, you know, but there is that saying, you are the company that you keep. So it was just, just keep that in mind. Some of those people that you have as friends are probably not supposed to be around you. A lot of those friends you keep around because of comfort. Um, but the ones that should be around will be around and could probably coexist very well with the other people that should be around too. You got me thinking. <laughs> you got me thinking. <laughs> Yikes. So. So, y'all do with that what you will. But welcome to another episode of Almost Blurries. I am your boy, JB. And the other voice you heard is... Dovecat. Hey, guys. <laughs> so, we did not technically go on an intended hiatus. We just had life and things just were not working out. Our time trying to record at our normal times wasn't happening. We had vacations and things happening, but we're here. We're back. Dovecat finally did watch Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I don't like the shade. I mean, because now I can name the next episode Dovecat finally watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, But yes, that is is my opener. Do you have an icebreaker for the Blurge nerds and everybody else today? You would think that I would. Um... Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think what's really been on my on my radar this week. Hmm. <coughs> hmm. Hmm. Have anything, which is crazy because I be on the internet like nobody's business. I am chronically online. Um. Mine isn't an icebreaker, but I'm going to say two things. Holly Berry. I mean, Holly Bailey. Holly Bailey is that girl. Let me tell you something. She is that girl. That live performance that she did at 3 a.m. singing 
for the first time live, Part of Your World was spectacular. She sang. I have watched that performance so many times. I have gotten emotional and teared up so many times. Give her her things. And since we're talking about it, give her her things for also following that up with the performance that we will be seeing on Christmas this year for the the live action adaptation of the Broadway musical version of The Color Purple. Give, give her her things. Give her her things. And also, I do want to say <coughs> that um, I have a feeling that even though I know that Fantasia is um, can sing, I'm not really too sure about how she can act. But I have a feeling because she did it on Broadway that she's going to bring it for this film. And I've already started crying because her version of I'm Here makes me cry every single time. Nothing could be wrong. But if I hear it, I'm crying. I was crying today in the car after I went to go pick up Caleb. And for some reason, there was a particular song from Fantasia that I wanted to hear that I hadn't heard in a really, really long time from her album. Um, What's the name of her album? Um, back I, I to get, me. I get got every time I hear "Lose to Win." I get got every time I hear "Lose to Win." <laughs> okay, lose to Cause win. Because I, I, I saw her sing it live. I, I've seen her in concert. She sang that song live barefoot mm-hmm. and got me all the way together. But yeah, um, <clears throat> back to me. Um, and I was listening. There was a song it was called "Move on Me" or something like that that I wanted to hear. It was upbeat. I hadn't heard it in a while. And then I remember that the color purple song is on that album, mm-hmm. and I'm just driving and crying, crying and driving. Mm-hmm. That's I don't I don't nothing's wrong. That song is just beautiful, and her version to me <laughs> is better than Cynthia Erivo's, and that's saying a lot. Because yeah, Cynthia is giving vocals, but Fantasia is giving a level of emotion that you can't even quantify. Like that Mm-mm. thing is, she just, she brings something out in that song. I, the first time I've ever saw her sing that song live was on American Idol. She went back to American Idol during the the stage where they're trying to break it down to like the final 12 or something. Mm-hmm. Now and, I gotta find a performance. And she sang it there and... Simon Cowell barely waited for her to finish her final note before he stood up giving her an applause because it was that good. And I think she performed it again, maybe on Oprah. Probably. But and the Tonys. <laughs> that she sang that song. There are a lot of people that feel like they're gonna do her like they did Jennifer Hudson for Dream Girls. Like she could get an Oscar for that song alone. It's because if we're being honest, Jennifer Hudson is not the most amazing actress in the world. Mm-mm. However, and I am telling you, I'm not going. And for me, Love You, I Do were some songs that just got me together. I like, she sang those. And all you need is a good. We've seen much more mediocre performances by pale people win Oscars. She she can get one for how she performed that song. <clears throat> me you but you know what you're right i understand the oscar i'm hoping that they have some oscar buzz around her and that song because you are right i was listening to cynthia's version because cynthia's version (laughs) when she performs it live has a lot more feeling than the recorded version Mm -hmm. um she's performed it a couple of times on the colbert show and ah, it hits me right here but you're right it's i think because i think because fantasia could see so much of herself Mm -hmm. i guess in seeley that it just, whew, it just did she, something to me. She said that when she was doing the color purple, she said that it was hard for her because you, she know, she knew she was playing a role, but she also knew that it was still going to hurt that people were calling her ugly all the time and stuff like that. Stuff starts to like resonate with you despite you not truly feeling that because you're hearing it all the time. So by the time she gets to I'm here in that in the performance, it's just like. There's so much emotion that's built up for her character that when she finally releases it, it comes out in that. So it was just, whew. <clears throat> but yes, that is, those are my icebreakers there. Um, Tally Bailey, give her things that part of your world um, reprise. Beautiful. Vanessa's. Um, Vanessa's trick. Let me tell y'all something. The way that those little goosebumps popped up on your girl's arm. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, not 
not that it scared me, but I was like, oh, I felt, I felt, I felt it. I felt the the change in the tone of yes. the seriousness of um, the, the, the situation that they're in. Her voice is stolen and it's just like, mm-hmm. oh God, that's that part. Vanessa's trick does it to me every single time. And I'm not a girl, you know what? I'm not a girl that really likes like movie soundtrack, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not, that's not typically my thing. I was gonna, I mean, but I'm giving my girl Holly a chance and Vanessa's trick, baby. Woo, I y'all. <laughs> I cannot wait to see this movie. It's gonna be amazing. Well, I'm holding my, we'll see if the movie is amazing or not. Mm-hmm. Because Disney doesn't have a great track record. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, Disney doesn't have a great track record for live action, so we supporting Hallie because we supporting everybody black. And also we supporting Hallie because she's just that good. And I feel like her performance is just that good. And I haven't even seen it. I already know. But go ahead. Your facial expression. Oh no. Oh no, I, I have to wait until we get to um I have to get wait till we get to blurdy news. Okay. I'm excited. We you ready for blurdy news? I'm ready for blurdy news. Okay, so I'm just gonna go ahead and get into the thing that made me gasp. Uh, okay. So, the title of this article says, Disney announces X-Men event for 2023 Comic-Con. See? Your reaction was the same as mine. What does that mean? Do you... No, they're not announcing live action. They're not. They're they're probably not, but this is what... If they're doing an event for X-Men, to me, that seems like they are preparing to let start doing what needs to be done to get them to the MCU. But this is they're doing a real life first time ever Hellfire Gala for Comic-Con. So, anyone who is aware, Hellfire Gala is like the Met Gala for Marvel. It is lit. They be putting and- on Woo, the fashion. Oh, I'm about to put this link in this chat for a look that Storm has had. Giving, giving, giving. But this is like the comics. It, attendees are, and this is like regular people, like regular people who are invited to this thing are encouraged to dress up in their best superpowered style. So they're trying to create a Met Gala for real for people who are attending Comic Con. They'll, they'll be able to attend three different areas. Uh, one is going to be the Green Lagoon, one is going to be called the Hellfire Ballroom, and the other is called Layer X. And they have tickets for those people to attend. It says the ticket purchase will include entry to D23 presents the X-Men Hellfire Gala with the rooms, DJs, photo ops, and everything comes with a drink ticket that can be used for liquor and sodas, a commemorative gift, and exclusive for guests who purchase expedited entry, early access to the venue, and dedicated queue. I think that's cute, but it's this intentional are we doing this to get people excited because we all know that the vast majority of the people who are attending the hellfire gala have always been x-men mm-hmm. so mm. you see that picture i sent of storm let me tell y'all something i don't think honestly i don't think i'm not prepared i already know it my edges are not prepared for the badass live mm-hmm. action we're gonna get of storm I have no doubt that she's going to be a bad bitch. Right. And because she's so popular by everybody, I haven't seen anybody say anything negative about Storm. Nothing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not even the comic book bros say anything negative about our girl. Mm-mm. So let me tell y'all something. She's going to snatch it. They, I mean, but how is this going to work? Is it going to be people who are invited? They get to wear the actual... They get to well, they're inviting people to who are paying tickets specifically for this um, to dress up. So hopefully, these people will take it seriously because they understand how important Hellfire Gala is to Marvel Comics. But I think that's actually pretty cool that they're doing that. And then since we're already in Marvel, because you know I had to get that one off of my chest, um, they have started filming Deadpool three. Mm. Hmm. And they've brought back all of the characters that you don't know from um, Deadpool 2. Um, Y'all, any chance he gets to shade your girl, he's going to do it. He's going to take it. Yep, because you should have seen it by now. In fact, you could have seen it during the hiatus, but we're not even going to talk about it. Um, Yeah, they basically brought back all of the X-Men who appeared in that film that you don't know. Um, So that's cool to know that's moving well. They started filming today (laughs) 
which is May the 23rd. Um, you don't care about that news, so I'm not even going to go into that. Okay. Um, let's see. What else? Apparently, Charlize Theron was originally supposed to be Jean in their original X-Men trilogy. She turned it down, and that's how it ended up becoming um, Fam Keychance. I mean, honestly, if we if we being honest, okay, mm-hmm. um, I know the first X Men exists, but I don't feel like they were legit. I don't feel like they did the female characters the best because they were putting all their efforts on Wolverine, um, right, ass, Logan, ass, um, Hugh Jackman, um, mm-hmm. and. And if I'm being honest, I understand why they did. I get it. Because it was profitable, which is fine. But my thing is, he wasn't even a popular actor at the time. They made him popular through X-Men. Right. But when and I, just, I don't understand it. That's what I don't understand. How did you decide that Wolverine was going to be the one you got behind? But honestly, I'll say this. I think, I honestly think that they don't really know who these people, who's going to be really popular and who's going to attract their attention, all that good stuff. I don't think they know that. And when mm-hmm. they do, they find ways to kind of incorporate it going forward. I mean, I mean, you hear about that stuff happening all the time. This particular mm-hmm. character wasn't really supposed to be a main. That's true. But here we are. So I think because, I, and I think it was a, a variety of different things. The fact that we hadn't had X-Men since the cartoons, mm-hmm. right? We had... um <laughs> A man who was, I think, considered attractive across the board for a white dude. Okay. Um, he got big, he got bulky, and people liked him. And I didn't hate the way he played Logan. Granted, did he look like the character? No, but I didn't care how he played him up. And that and people got behind that. I mean, and they had him in all these films. He was the only one that got a spinoff. Everybody else, Scott got the short end of the stick. That he did not deserve, by the way, because that movie was garbage. Scott got the short end of the stick. I about to say Halle Bailey. Halle Berry and Storm got the short end of the stick. And Famke got the short end of the stick. So Charlize Theron didn't oh, Magneto out. deserved a movie. There were rumors he that did. he was actually going to get one. It was going to be an origin that showed us what was happening to him in these concentration camps that led to everything. And the mm-hmm. way that they kind of finally did that was by giving him more of an origin in the first class movie so we can see what happened to his family and how he ended up flipping out on all these humans but and i don't i don't and i didn't that would have been cool too um taking it a step further but they did not take it a step further and this is where we are so now i feel like they this is a redemption and i feel like they're really gonna try to do it right and make it kind of true to the comics with their own little twist on it so i'm excited mm-hmm. and charlise theron has been casting something else that is not really believable for me as thea but i don't really know thea like that so we'll see and then all we got was her cutting the hole in the in the in the something <laughs> and saying hey yo. did she have a cape yeah she had a cape she was wearing purple she had long blonde right hair. hair that's all i remember yeah. Yeah, and she said, this is an incursion or something. And then the eyeball popped out and he mm-hmm. jumped through and all this other stuff. But And see, I don't know. they're trying to make them a thing, but it's not believable. Well, the chemistry how, wait, just ain't there. Wait, they only were on screen together for two minutes. Right, but then they say that she's a love interest for him in the comics. Yeah, in the comics, yeah. I didn't feel the vibes. They haven't gotten there yet. I, the two <laughs> minutes were a waste. Not feeling the vibes. They, they, no, but they haven't even nope. expressed nope. interest in each other yet. It wasn't there. What What did you want them to do in two minutes? I want to feel the chemistry. Didn't feel a damn thing. It was lukewarm, cold in these parts. Nope. He, he doesn't even know her. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Y'all. Poor casting. There was a time where um, Dove Cat basically almost made me feel like I was being unreasonable when it came to how I wanted more from the MCU in phase four that hasn't changed this is also now the same person who saw (laughs) someone for actually less than two minutes it probably was a good 30 seconds of her being on screen during a post-credit scene and she does not not believe their chemistry i don't even believe her what are you talking about and i was being unreasonable so you're telling me that i need to relax and give her a chance is that what you're telling me much like i had to for phase four yeah Okay, I'm going to tell you this. Mm-hmm. You were being unreasonable, okay? And maybe I'm being slightly unreasonable with this, but I didn't believe the two minutes that she was on screen. So I need more if she's going to give me more. Charlize. 
I think she can give you more. I think she can give you more. Anyway, so for, um, let me see. I'm going to skip that news for that since we'll be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy later. Um, Looking through to see if there's anything from a Star Wars side of things that we could potentially... Huh. Okay, so maybe this is something from Star Wars that might be worth discussing. So Star Wars has revealed that Yoda has a dark Jedi secret. So what secret dark... Yoda got? He did. Yeah, it he says it says that if I scroll down. So okay, here we go. This might be long. Well, let's hope not. Okay. Um, with Path of Deceit, which is a book from the uh, High Republic novels. Mm-hmm. Um, it says there they began phase two of the High Republic story, which takes place roughly 150 years before the first wave, whatever. I don't care about that. Anyway, it says that the readers have been introduced to the path of the open hand, which is a cult that believed it wrong to utilize the force in any way. And they're being led by the mysterious mother. Um, it says naturally their self-appointed greatest enemies are the Je- are the Jedi Order, because they don't think that the Force should be used at all. So they said that the organization pulled a lot of strings and ended up instigating a massive battle between the Path and Jedi during the events of the Cataclysm book. Um, They said that the event should be classified more as a massacre. It is here that the mother put her living weapon to work, which is called the Leveler. As it lurked on the battlefield, it quickly made work of any Jedi it crossed path with. However, by the end of the battle, no one figured out what the mysterious creature was. While debriefing about the battle, the topic of the strange creature came up between Yoda and Master Creighton's son. The two worry about how little they know about the threat. It says the duo is quick to point out that if it becomes wider knowledge that there is a creature out there capable of wiping out force users with ease, it could destroy the Jedi Order. So it says Yoda suggested that they keep this whole thing a secret and leave mention out of the archives until they know more. So basically... Yoda has kept a secret that there is a thing out there that could easily destroy all Jedi in fear that if someone knew that this thing was out there, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. But apparently that's a secret. He there's this being out there that during this massacre, it killed tons of Jedi. And instead of letting other people know that this thing existed, they kept it a secret. I wonder they should bring that into the Well, we don't have any Jedi left for that to even matter i was gonna Mm -hmm. say they can bring this thing back but um no i mean the best way is if people don't know about it they can't talk about it Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like that's a legit way to go right and for i'm trying to see if there's anything else star wars related that's worth discussing most of the star wars shows and things that are out there are facing delays i think probably as a result of the writer strike that is still going on um so there really isn't been hasn't been too much to, to talk about when it comes to um, the Star Wars stuff. And now for DC on a DC side of things, um, James Gunn is tired of people trying to claim that they know what's going on with his version of the DC universe. He said, basically, mind your business. You don't know a damn thing. Leave it. Alone. Um, and I believe it <laughs> because he's only had enough time to write. The first Superman movie. It's clearly not too much already laid out other than what he's already said. So people just need to calm down. They're expecting that the Flash is it is expected to make. Okay, I'm gonna ask you first. How much do you think they're expecting the Flash to make in its first weekend? Two hundred. Two hundred million? Mm-hmm. So it says this site is estimating an opening weekend of between 115 and 140 million. Um with a domestic total project, a projection of 280 to 375 million. So they think that's probably going to top out at 375 million domestically. Um, but if it does premiere in the higher range, part of the range, which is 140, it will have missed the highest mark of DC's history, which is Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. That one made 166 million in the first weekend. Mm. But. Yeah, uh, it's not getting a dime from me, so I can really cent. give a damn. But um, for those of you who want to go see it, enjoy. Um, 
Yeah. Won't be me. Not I at all. I will be watching it till it comes on whatever the new HBO Max is. I don't know. Um, they've put a pause on um, Robert Pattinson's Batman spinoff, the Penguin series that they have. That's been put on hold because of the writer's strike. How about that? But you know what's crazy? I would have thought that this stuff was done completed. No, no, no. And I'm going to close out DC News with pretty embarrassing news about Shazam 2. Oh, no. Um, Shazam 2 is officially the lowest earning movie of all of the DCEU. What is it? What did it? What do you think it finished this box office with? 150. Hmm. Oh, and is that domestic or worldwide? Oh, no. <laughs> worldwide? So you think 150 worldwide? But that's getting, selling it short. Mm. We'll go with that though. One hundred and fifty. What is it? Um, worldwide, it made one hundred and thirty-three. Oh no. Point four. Oh no. <laughs> right. Um. So yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I just had such high hopes and aspirations for for um for Shazam. I really did. It had potential, but it just fell I mean, short. It fell very short, but it's there. Um, and if you happen to go on to HBO, well, Max now, it has it right there in the front. They're trying to get people to stream it. So you have you not you have not seen the disaster that is Shazam. Um, go ahead. Go do that. Or not. So, OK, so that's all I have for uh, Blurred News. There's a lot of news, but I feel like I don't want to spend entirely too much time doing it because we were gone for like two weeks. So <laughs> there's a lot that has happened, but by now it would be old news. And we only want to talk about new news. So that brings us to the close of our Blurdy News, where we can go into our homework where um, Dovecat will get partial credit um, this week um, because we were supposed to be watching Dude, Where's My Gar from Titans, um, but someone did not. So, Stop shading me. Uh, I am am chronically busy. Y'all, she she admitted that she had plenty of time to watch that. I did, but I was under the impression that we were only going to be reading the chapters from the book as well as... The movie, mm-hmm. which is where I stopped. Mm-hmm. So with that, we will go ahead and start talking about our other pieces of homework, which were um, our book, Heir to the Empire and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So I guess we can go ahead and knock out Heir to the Empire. I'm going to be completely honest with y'all. I read, well, read slash listened to this a long time ago, and um, I don't remember Me hardly too. anything. From what was happening, I do know that it does appear that it's trying to pick back up. Hmm. Um, I do think that I do enjoy that they um, they allow Leia to use the Force a lot more. Uh-huh. I believe in these last four chapters, one of them actually kind of followed her trying to do some training, uh, which Han Solo had been trying to get her to do a little bit more of anyway. And then she and Luke do a lot of conversing using the Force. Um, which I do think is interesting. Um, I think the last thing I truly do remember was that they are using um, who is it? Who is the Jedi? The 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 uh, the bad one. That, I can't remember um, his name. Com- it's Sagas Sega Sega Sega. How they say it? I can't remember, but I think that. I thought it was interesting that they started to spread the rumor that he mm-hmm. was out there just to get people talking and get you know, things stirred up, which I think is interesting um, because I am, I'm not really convinced. Every time I hear about Thrawn, I keep hearing about how he is this genius level strategist, um, military person. And it's not being displayed that way in the book. Not to me. Mm -hmm. I think, well, because Thrawn is, this this whole thing is a Thrawn trilogy. So I think that right now we're seeing, the beginning stages where, you know, he's just trying to lay the foundation for things. But these next, the next two books are called A Dark Force Rising and The Last Command, which means that there's probably not too many of whoever left in The Last Command. But, um, and I guess we'll see a little bit more of him since they've been hinting at him in The, the Mandalorian as well. Um, but 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I can't really speak too much to this. I'm going to, the next time we record, it will be sooner to when we've read this or listened to this. So we'll be able to speak a little bit more to it. I can ex- agree with Dovecat. It's not too entertaining right now. And we're like all chapters like 13 and 14 and stuff. So we're like, we're kind of, we should be into meat and potatoes where we're actually truly being entertained by what we are reading. And it's just not happening yet at all. Um, So maybe, but I also feel like these books are clearly for those people who are so into this stuff. Like you're there. a fan of Star Wars stuff, but you're these. This is for the people who watch the movies, have been reading all these additional books that are expanding on things, and this is what that book this kind of feels like because there's it's just like even when you get into it, they're talking like it is new. Like I mean, not new, but like you already know. So, so maybe it'll get better, but you know what is going to be better now. Won't be better now is us talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which someone finally did watch, and I've watched twice. So, what were okay when you walked out of the theater? What were your initial thoughts? I was sad, mm-hmm. um, sad for a couple of reasons. Um, I am a girl that likes happily ever afters. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Quill and Gamora couldn't get there has kind of bothered me. Um, the setup of the Guardians as we know it, like currently, I don't, not that I dislike it, but it's not what I'm used to. So sad that it ended there. Um, there's a few holes for me that I wish we could have got answered. But did it not hit end in, was it not a happy ending or was it not the happy ending you wanted? It wasn't the happy ending that I wanted. Everything was tied up nicely, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it was a great end to the trilogy. I thought that that was great. I thought that everybody kind of, um, everybody was kind of tied up nicely into a little bow um, and given to us and to process and i think i don't know people a lot of people talk about guardians of the galaxy i thought it was a very solid series i can argue that for with some of the people in the mcu all three of these trilogies kind of remain good they got better it's probably it's probably one of the best trilogies of the mcu if you ask me it it progressively got i mean it was just great to me it got better to me it's like they kind of like what we did in the first one, let's do it better in the second. What we did in the second, let's do it better in the third. And I thought it was really nice. Um, some of the holes. Did you feel the heart? Did you uh, feel yeah, the, the heart? heart was, <laughs> let me tell you something. When when Quill was screaming over Rocket, I thought a thug tear was gonna slide down. The t- the tear, the crying immediately from Nebula when she heard his voice. Hell, even Gamora, like for her to not have had a relationship with him. Like she, and at first she was like, oh, there's really no point in saving him. Mm -hmm. I think it was that moment, one of the many moments that made her start to see why the other Gamora fell for him. Yes. Because there are just moments, so many moments where, like at the end when she said, I bet we were fun. Like I think she truly, genuinely realized that that was probably all of this, all of what she experienced with him in this one movie showed every reason why Gamora loved him. Because in a way, she was she was doing exactly like the original Gamora was. She wasn't giving him a time, the time or day in the beginning of the um of the first trilogy, and then as the movie went on, she softened up to him. It's it's just yeah. I'll say this. Even I was thinking about this as we were talking. Even this, but this Gamora, this is this is the prior to the Gamora that we got in the first one. Because the, the one in the first one was already planning on betraying Thanos anyway. Anyway, well, she had already betrayed Thanos at that mm-hmm. point. She had already left and did her own thing and was in trouble. And so I think even that Gamora that we got in the first one was slightly removed from the Gamora that we got in the third one mm-hmm. because that one, the one that we got in the third um, Galaxy one, is like one that hadn't decided, well, had probably been thinking about leaving Thanos for a while, but just hadn't done it. And mm-hmm. she's presented with an opportunity of something that she has been thinking about, and she just took it, mm-hmm. and um, just strictly off the strength of Nebula. Mm-hmm. And I um, and I, and it just it broke my heart that they didn't because I love 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 love, especially in Volume Two, how they had built this little relationship. 
Like it was legit. I believed it. I loved it. I don't know. I loved it. I, I loved it. I um I'm sad that they weren't able to be together. Um, what's going to happen with my girl Mantis, who is fucking hilarious? Um, I'm glad they let her fight. Me too. Um, and also, people have been saying that Rocket has basically been the main character in all three movies. The way that Gunn did that without us really kind of noticing mm-hmm. is wild to me. Wild to me. But I don't know. Rocket has always been like my favorite guardian. I loved him. He had, I loved the, him. He had the best one-liners through yeah. every movie. He always had the best one, one-liners. Somebody said that, I wanted to send this to you a while ago. I don't think I ever did because you hadn't seen it yet. But they said that this movie helped explain his fascination with trying to get Bucky's arm mm-hmm. <laughs> and why he wanted that arm so much. But who that moment with his friends? Listen to me. It wasn't until that whole scene where he's like, he's screaming, that Mm kind of broke me. But it wasn't until I was on TikTok or like later on and people are kind of going through the clips and I actually heard what the rabbit was saying. My God in heaven. What did the rabbit say? Because I didn't really. She said, T-Floor Rocket, go now. And she kept repeating Mm -hmm. it over and over and over again. I was like, sis, you're not going to make it. Mm -hmm. It ain't happening. And just her panicking. And it getting mm-hmm. faster and faster kind of added to the scene, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really paying attention to what she was saying. And it wasn't until they broke it down where I was just like, yikes. Yeah. And I, I caught that the second time I saw it. The first time I didn't. That second time, I, I literally just kept hearing her say, I was like, she's going through. She knows this is not about to end well. She's terrified. We need to go. Mm-hmm. And it's believable. Oh my mm-hmm. God. I was just like, I know this is not a real movie, but the pressure and the stakes are high. And then when he lost his shit on the high evolutionary, whoo. I was like, there's a reason. It wasn't until the end that his face was so bad. It freaked my son out. He it was, like, was oh, a hot oh, mess. Because it wasn't just the face, even the teeth. Yes. Teeth were wrong. Like, whoa. Mm, mm-hmm. I said, okay, Rocket. Okay, okay so let's talk. You, you said there were some holes for you. Yes. Let's talk about those holes. The holes. Mm-hmm. Um, if I hadn't heard, this is one of the holes. If I hadn't heard about um, the chick who plays Nebula, if she hadn't been talking about how it was a beautiful love story between sisters, I wouldn't have been expecting it. I didn't mm. feel like they really gave me that in this movie with the sisters. Unless they did and it was cut. I don't know, but I didn't get it. What was what I do know is that it was clear that they had been communicating throughout this whole thing. That was clear. Um, and that they still talk. That was clear. That was it. Well, communicating talk the same thing. But the mm-hmm. fact that they were they remain in contact, I, that's it. That's all I got. I do, I wasn't I was ready to get sister feels and I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um another hole. I wanted to know how Gamora became a Ravenger. They never explained it. You she just popped up. Yeah, they didn't know not saying that I needed a whole drawn out thing, but it would have been nice to know where what happened to her after Endgame and how she ended right. up with them. And th- yeah. but all you have is I have a connection that'll help us do whatever, and then she pops up. I'm just like, oh, what? Well, and how did she become a Ravager? That was a little hole that I I didn't um, that I kind of wish we had a little bit more information on. Didn't take away from the story. It was just something that was missing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to know more about the background of the High Rev- um, Evolutionary. Mm. That I wanted to know, is he human? Was he an alien? Like, what's his story? Um, I think he's wrapped up in the Celestials. I think he might have something to do with them. Um, I could be wrong about that, too. I listen, Like I said, I listen to and watch a whole lot of new rock stars, so a lot of stuff kind of blends together. Um, but I was curious about that. Um, that was a whole... He wasn't as scary as I thought that he was going to be. But what's that man not acting his ass He off? was... That man was acking. He was the way. Because to me, he wasn't terrifying. It was just, it, to me, it was the the arrogance. Oh yeah, his arrogance and how it came out was so like whoa. Like when he ran inside of the cage to snatch Rocket out, only to fuss at him for getting it right was so crazy. Because he was going off like, "How did you know? How did you know?" And he's like, "What?" What you mean? It's like what you said was right, and it worked. And I think it was the the arrogance and how he felt like there's no reason someone so imperfect could do something like this. Yes. Like I said, there was that one moment where 
I think someone says something about God and like he says something to the effect of there isn't one. That's why I had to become it yep. or something like that. And I was like, oh, this man is he was so far gone that the people who had that he created turned on him. Which like, this thought- is this is a lot. It does. I thought it was strange. I was like, even they see how, but you know what? A lot of that, they probably stayed in line because of fear. Mm-hmm. Especially um, because of the abilities that he was able to awaken within himself. But how does he do it? Like, that's, that's, that's another thing too. Like, how does he do it? Like, there were so many like unknowns about him. That well, I'm he explained that he did, after, when he was ver- fixing himself, he used it as an opportunity to, um, what he said something about how he was able to harness some type of gravity or something in order to to do it. Let me, I have to look it up, but yeah, he tried to explain it, how he had these powers. I don't think it came from like his suit or anything like Kang's did. I think it really was a form of like tele, uh, telepathy or more telekinesis mm-hmm. or something like that. But hmm. the fact, I'll say this, the fact that we don't really know much about his background makes me feel like we're going to see him again. Mm-hmm. Which makes me think that the theory that Drax saved him at the end of this film was true, mm-hmm. um, and we're gonna get some. We're gonna get some more stuff. Um, also, it's that- actually said that because someone asked him, asked James Gun- James Gunn in response to the article from the direct. He said, um, "What's pointed out in the article is very much in the movie," and he states that the villain High Evolutionary is now imprisoned on nowhere. So Drax did get him. Mm, I um. He could be in Secret Wars. Hmm. I could see it because he was good. He was good. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm trying to think. What? Oh, Adam Warlock. Okay, let's talk about it because let's I talk about it. Didn't hate him. Mm-hmm. But it also felt like it felt like. Hey, remember this person that we forgot? Let's just throw him in here. Mm-hmm. Right. That kind of was weird to me too. Um. Oh. Oh. I. And also that the fact that the high evolutionary has been searching for Rocket all of this time didn't make me feel it. Not that it wasn't believable, but it was just that it was just that if he has been searching for him, like the way that he was pressed in this third film, where were the breadcrumbs that they were looking for him? Well, that was the thing, because a part of me took what he said differently because there's also a line where the hev- high evolutionary actually says out loud, how did he survive this long? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he was looking for him the entire time, but I bet you, I almost guarantee you, he started to look for him by the time that the Guardians formed, because now everybody knows him mm-hmm. and people are talking and now he knows this person is out, this thing is out there. But I don't know if he looked for him the entire because I can only imagine that one, it probably took him a while to recuperate after he got his ass handed to him by Rocket. Mm. So that too. And also maybe he didn't really start looking for them until he developed those kids Mm -hmm. and he was trying to make them perfect and trying. Mm -hmm. And that's why he wanted to study rockets. Well, he wanted to study rockets brain anyway, because he didn't understand why, but even more so when he had almost perfected these children and Mm -hmm. being able to be workhorses and not need much of anything and what they were kind of missing was like was like the intelligence aspect of it Mm -hmm. um so i thought that was interesting um oh oh drax (laughs) oh drax oh that was a monkey that was a monkey that he was acting like what is wrong with him i will say this that scene with nebula Mm -hmm. (coughs) i'm mad i'm not mad but I wish that we could have seen more of her growth, right? In mm-hmm. two, because in two, most of it was fighting with Gamora. I feel like her sister story that I thought we were getting in volume three, we really got in volume two, mm-hmm. right? And so we see her and um, and somebody brought up a really good point. It might've been Eric, um, but he was just like that. Her and Rocket were the only ones that di- from the Guardians were the only ones that didn't blip. Mm-hmm. So of course they would have time to bond and grow a relationship, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, and did she grow during that time? Maybe so. But the the that monologue that she gave with between when she was fighting with Mantis, mm-hmm. that was a good. Honestly, one. honestly, she said everything I had been thinking. Get y'all shit together, please. Don't. Don't you hit him, girl! Shut oh, up. Hit him. Naked, 
But that was, the, that was the thing, too. Like, it's like, Mantis kind of reminded me of, like, if I had, like, this type of relationship with my siblings. But, like, I can talk shit to my siblings. We can but talk to each other. But y'all can't. Mm-hmm. And those were the but kind you, of vibes that I was getting. But you know what her doing that to Drax made me wonder? What? Has she done that before? Because she mm-hmm. literally erased his memory. Yeah, she probably done it And before. put him back. Like, And if she has, who's she done that to? How often has it happened? It, it only seems like she only did it that once to Drax that we saw on screen. But even mm-hmm. she talked about not doing it to Peter and manipulating his emotions. Because that's what they were just telling him. Why don't you just make him forget? So what was it about that one moment you think that made her finally do it? Because I think well, Drax because, because she said she was... Because she said he was stupid too. I think, yeah, Drax, I, I, I could tell that Drax's feelings were actually hurt. That she thinks that he's, I, I think out of all of them, I think Mantis and Drax were the ones that kind of got the close, well, they were close, right? Oh, they're like besties. And um, I think that it hurt his feelings that she didn't think that great of him. Like she didn't think highly of him. Mm-hmm. Um, So when she could see that he was hurt, she was just like, Mm-mm, let me just go ahead and manipulate this a little bit. So... That was that was interesting. Also, can I just say this made me laugh, and it probably shouldn't have. That scene where his wife got shot in the leg. Mm, his wife got shot in the leg. The lady that was, you know, the lady. She was um, the blonde chick in uh, Peacemaker, right? That's his wife. Mm-hmm. She was in the film. She was a lady monitoring the security cameras on the. Oh eye. yeah 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 yeah. And mm-hmm. she got shot. They shot. I can't really remember who shot her. Um, I think it was Gamora who shot her in the leg. Mm-hmm. And I the way that she mind. was overreacting, I was so tickled for some reason because she just kept screaming. I was like, doing the most. Just doing the most. Also in that scene where Gamora was annoyed that Quill was trying to raz up, raz, riz up the girl trying to get the information out of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the very last second, he kind of flipped. And he was like, Stop. told you she felt had a thing for me. When you mm-hmm. saw that side, I think you could. It was easy for me to see why the other Gamora fell for him because he's he has morals to a certain point. Mm-hmm. He's gray in that regards, which is why I think Gamora kind of was attracted to him because, or attracted to that because she is also gray. Mm-hmm. So, what were your thoughts on Cosmo? <sighs> I didn't care. If I'm being I thought honest. it was I thought it was funny at first that she was so bothered that he would call her a bad dog. Mm-hmm. And he knew it, and that's why he kept going with it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not going to take it back. She was a bad dog. And the, the way they had the dog acting to show how painful that was for her was just, that was funny in the beginning, but it went on for too long. It did. Um, the fact that um, they wanted me to feel sorry for this dog that got sent into space, um, the real dog, the Russians really did send a dog into space and it died. You know, people were upset about that. I'm trying to think, was there anything? Okay, can we talk about the hallway scene? <laughs> I what I have noticed is that James Gunn is going to throw that type of scene into all of his movies. In the first one, it was the jail scene. In the second one, it was in the very beginning, and then in the third one, it Whew. was um that hallway scene. It was lit, litty, litty, lit. Woo! It was every lit. every single sequence was dope. Yeah, every sequence. I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Loved my, it. Loved it. My favorite one of all of them was Nebula, where she was fighting, and then somebody hit her in the neck, a head, and oh, her and neck head went all back. Yep. And then she whipped it back up. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And then the Gamora ending, where she was able, she stuck him and flipped and spun. It was. They should have highlighted Mantis a little bit more in that sequence. She she was the person who had the shortest amount of fighting time that was right in the screen. She only had like that one moment where she jumped on someone's leg and then flipped them and they flew into mm-hmm. Groot's arm, well, branch. <laughs> but remember I told you that this was the strongest version of Groot that we've yeah. seen? The fact that he was able to grow himself that fast. Yeah. And then, you know, I watched it twice. The second time I watched it, you actually, if you pay really, really close attention in the sequences after that, you can see that he's growing himself back. So, like, there's a scene where um, they've gotten Rocket, they got him on the bed, and he's standing beside him. I could, you could actually see parts of the branches starting to move and his arm filling back up. 
Oh, well, I do know that there was a scene where, um, but this, I just thought it was a group thing when they were all hugging Rocket. Mm-hmm. And because he was so big, he couldn't really get around both of them, but he snaked his little branches out and mm-hmm. and hugged them. Oh, let me go back to Rocket for a second. I was watching him take pieces here and there secretly. I had mm-hmm. no idea that he was building something. And I'm just like, well, how did he know? Mm-hmm. And the fact, and never knew what that was that he carried with him. Oh, man, this was so good. Rocket. But I don't even think he took them with the intention of trying to get out. I think he's just obsessed with the technology, the building stuff. Like he sees a random piece of it, I'm going to take it. And then he had motive to turn it into something that he could use to get out. Because, you know, in all these other movies, we see him do the same thing. He'll just go grab random pieces and just start putting them together. And boom, it's now something that he can use. I, I believe he probably would have been doing more of that, trying to create a rocket. He was because <laughs> he's been he was always obsessed about, you know, being able to fly away with his friends. He oh, my taking, God. Piece after piece. He is. The, that is the sweet. I love Rocket even more now. He was the sweetest thing. Um, I think he's going to come back. I will say this, though. Um that was a hole as well. How did he get with Groot? How did he get with Groot? Babe, the older Groot. The first Groot from Groot from the one. Oh, mm. They got arrested together. Didn't they get arrested together? They were in jail together. Mm-hmm. He was the only one that understood them. So I'm curious as to what, how did they meet mm-hmm. and what happened to Rocket after he left? I would have loved to have seen that. Um, the fact that that baby, I still, he's my favorite. Wait, what happened to Rocket after he left? After he left the High Evolutionary the first time. Oh, oh. That's what I would want to know. Um, he And oh, and why he was so upset when everybody blipped. It makes sense. Okay. He was so, so they sad. Weren't, they weren't captured together. They were captured at the same place, though. Oh. And that's how they met. I, I Googled it. It says, Rocket Raccoon and Groot first met each other when they were both captured and taken to a space prison called the Kiln. Well, how did he know? How did he know what Groot was saying? Well, you know, they they start learning each other things based off of being around them longer. Mm. You know, it's kind of like, so how Gamora suddenly started to understand him and how we as viewers finally understood him at the end. You know what was really cute that they kind of highlighted on like online and stuff? When he was going, when he went, when Groot went to go get Gamora mm-hmm. and at the very end and um, as big as he is, as shy as he was to go and talk to her, I thought it was the cutest thing. And then I remembered he was crazy about her too. Mm-hmm. I think that was a mother figure um, to him. And which is why it was so cute. They were doing like little callbacks and stuff on TikTok um, where they showed just kind of like the little things that he did. Like he was sad when they had to leave. When Gamora mm-hmm. was leaving um, the gold folks with Nebula and... Um, she left and he ran behind her. Like, it was cute. It was super cute. And um, yeah, at the end when he went to go get her and that little smile that he gave her, it was so cute. I, uh, I'm mad. Okay, so can we talk about um, Counter Earth? And I know it was in the preview. We all saw it in the preview. But what made Drax hit that little girl in the head with that ball like that? Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you right now. Okay, I hollered when I saw it the very first time, and I hollered in the movie theater. Everybody was like, "Girl, I'm sorry." The way her head went back, Jesus Christ! Mm-mm-mm-mm. That is and, good. And that that whole see that whole time on Counter Earth screamed, "Somebody gonna die!" Oh yeah, I didn't know like he was when, gonna kill everybody. When no, I mean like as far as the Guardians go, because oh. when Drax is like, "Oh, I'm gonna go anyway," I'm like, "Oh God, please don't go." Or when Nebula's down there with the big pig thing by herself or how um peter and group jump off the thing and then they go back in there and i'm like oh my gosh this is and then when the high evolutionary walked into the room i was like oh gosh somebody's not gonna make it i'm scared i was scared it, and it was too many people together at the same time for me to even be able to guess who it was gonna be it was never just one person mm-hmm. it was always a pair or more I was like, oh my goodness. I was stressed. I do like that, um, not Gamora, Jesus. I do like that James Gunn didn't kill everybody or anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody thought it was going to be Rocket. I was just like, there ain't no way you're going to base this whole story around Rocket and then kill him. Mm -hmm. Um, That scene with when he reunited with his friends. Mm -hmm. Oh 
love Rocky. I didn't realize how much I love Rocky until he was about to die. Okay. Mm. Him and those glasses. Somebody showed that too from volume two where Groot had did something. He put on his glasses. I was like, this is hilarious. Ah, oh, that was, it was it was a good film. Um, I wish that I was able to watch it without my little person with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would have probably been able to enjoy it a little bit more, maybe caught a few more things. Um, but I enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. It was I, a great send off. Great it send off. Was, it, it, like I said, it tied up everything nicely, like you said. Um, those end credit scenes. Uh, to me, only one of them was needed. Was that the one where Peter went back to his grandfather? Mm mm. Oh, the second. When we one. saw what the new, we saw who the new guardians were going to be. Oh, okay, okay. Because um, him going back to his grandfather was cute, but the the end sequence where they just sitting at the table talking about somebody not cutting the grass, I'm like, I could have lived without this. It must be important that they put that in there. Oh, question for you. I've been holding on to this. When they said the legendary Star Lord will return, do you think it's going to be a variant or do you think it's going to be Chris? I think it'll be him. It'll, it'll really? be Chris. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I think it's going to be him. I think he probably will be back for Secret Wars. Ooh, okay. But I don't know if he'll make it out of Secret Wars. And I think he'll be okay with that. I think he's ready to potentially make his way over. Well, honestly, he doesn't need another f- to join the DCEU because he has the Super Mario movie and they're planning on making many of those. Mm, yeah, I still haven't seen my family went without me. They don't love me. Um, You're going to enjoy it. You will enjoy it. It was actually pretty pretty entertaining. I don't care about seeing Chris again. I didn't care about him. I love the way he played Star-Lord. I think we're done with the Gamora, though. And if oh, yeah. we do get another Gamora, if we get another Gamora, it's going to be a variant. Oh, yeah. She's... um Oh, girl was clear. She doesn't want to do this anymore. Mm-mm. She don't want to do any of these big movies anymore. They take up too much time. Like, so. she's booked finishing up Avatar for the next couple of years. Well, lucky... Like I said, lucky for them, they filmed two and three at the same time. So... Literally, she has like probably another three years before they start filming whatever, and then she can do whatever she wants to in the meantime. Um, look at me trying to dictate her schedule, but, <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, I enjoyed it. What would you rate it on a scale of what? <laughs> on a scale of one to ten. Oh, it was a strong seven or eight for me. Yeah, it was. This was a really, really good effort. The only thing I did not particularly like was Adam Warlock. I feel like he was kind of a waste. Mm-hmm. considering how strong he is and everything like that. Plus, he just kind of appeared in the beginning of the movie. Like It was like, it gave me almost how off-putting the beginning of, um, not Quantumania, but um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was. How it just started and they were just running. Mm-hmm. This one was like, you just see them out here and then suddenly this being just flies in and attacks Rocket. And I'm like, uh, okay. And it's interesting that, what was the, what's the name of him? What's that with the people? I don't know. I thought it was interesting that the high evolutionary created them, which is why they were obsessed with perfection. I thought that was interesting. They're called the Sovereign. The Sovereign, yeah. I thought that was interesting that he created them. And it makes sense because it kind of like rubbed off on like them mm-hmm. and how they were kind of obsessed with perfection. And um, But yeah, Adam Warlock, I don't think they used him very well. Mm-mm. I think he kind of just kind of got thrown in there. I'm interested to see where he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to, I, I'm interested to see his character mature. Yes. Because you can tell, like, based off of even with Aisha, I think that was her name, or Aisha, and uh, when she talked to the High Evolutionary, she was like, he's a kid. We took him yeah. out too soon. Like, this is why he's acting the same way. Like, she was like... What did she tell him? Sure, we mean business or something. He just killed the man. It's like, what What did that mean? Like, what did you want me to do? He was like, oh, my bad. Right. So, yeah, I'm interested in seeing him. He did an interview, and, um, and I know you have to go soon. He did an interview where they asked him who in the MCU he wanted to work with. Mm-hmm. He said, um, they, you might have been the one that sent it to me. He said he wanted to work with Daniel Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sweet baby, I don't know how they're going to make that work. Right. You're going to have to work with Daniel Kaluuya outside the MCU, sweet baby. Right. Unless we get him in another, in, as a variant, as something else, it ain't going to happen. Mm-mm. 
But this this was a really good send-off for James Gunn. This is probably the best thing that could have happened to James Gunn because if he's taking over the mantle for DC, he's leaving on such a high note here that it's going to just help generate even more buzz for when his movie officially comes out. Well, I'm interested because I love the Guardians. He made me like Peacemaker. Um, So he's going to... I'm excited that he's going to make me like a white nationalist. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. I keep saying it about Superman, but it's true, y'all. He gives me um, insurrection vibes, but try to stop it to a certain point. But yeah, y'all, that's all for homework. Uh, well, next week, we'll be discussing two episodes of Titans because somebody was behind. And since we won't have any movies to watch, are you going to go see The Little Mermaid this weekend? I'm going to try to go see The Little Mermaid this weekend. I have a busy weekend. Um, I have a brunch to go to on Saturday. Um, our friend... Um, has graduated from nurse practitioner school and she is now a doctor and um, Mm -hmm. they're having a little something for her on Sunday. Um, So I'm going to try. I was thinking I might be able to slip away on Friday because my son has baseball practice and his, Mm -hmm. but his, his practice is after I get off. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to try. Well, I'm going to go see it on Thursday. So depending on if we're able to see that, we can add that to the homework. If not, we'll just watch because you have to catch up on Titans. And I am very eager to see what's going to happen next episode. So you'll be watching episodes three and four of the second half of Titans and potentially a little mermaid. And I guess we're going to try We're going to have to finish this book off anyway. So we'll just go through these next four chapters. I'll be, we'll see how this goes, but I think that's it. Y'all. I think that's it. This hopefully we'll just one for you with the palette right. a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully next time, um, We'll be recording closer to our normal record date um, so that we're not do- too behind on news and we actually remember the stuff that's happening in the news and stuff like that. That's so. true. But Also, I think what we should start doing that we don't really do is directing you guys to um, like, mm. review us on um, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Um, we have a we TikTok. We to start now. doing TikTok, y'all. Oh, y'all. Y'all. So, yeah, we, we are on TikTok. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. You can interact with us there. We do have an email address. What is that email address? Almost blurs at gmail.com. Yeah, so please, y'all, interact with us. Give mm-hmm. us something. Let us know that you're there listening. I'm going to give you guys a reaction to The Little Mermaid after I watch it. Hmm. Cute. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so, so with that, y'all, Blurs, Nerds, and everybody else. We will talk to you guys next week. Oh, God.